Hello, I'm your host, Braylon Williams, and welcome to another episode of Enneagram Restored Podcast. For my faithful listeners, thank you for listening, Ken. For new listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode. So today is all about Type 6, the loyalist. I'm going to take a look into everything Type 6 and the levels of health for Type 6. So uh, let's just dive right into it, shall we? So let's start by looking at all the basics of type six people. Type six people are engaging, they're responsible, they're anxious and suspicious. Type sixes are really defined by their desire for safety and security. They seek to anticipate and avoid risk. They seek also to ally themselves with trustworthy authority figures and institutions uh, because having no support and having no guidance is a type six basic fear. It's the worst fear to not have any support, not to have any guidance. So they really seek out these authoritative figures or institutions that can provide that security, that guidance for them. But this Fear also fuels their desire. Like I said, because they have a fear of having no support, no um, security, they desire security and support. They are motivated to have security. Uh, They are motivated to feel supported by other people. Um, And a type six really has to fight against anxiety and insecurity, um, to overcome this fear, to overcome everything that's really overtaking them, to really overcome to becoming a a better, a healthier type. Um, And so as children, how that plays into, you know, this fear of security and support or lack of really, um, as children, Sixes, although don't really, they don't really have a like dialed in message that they pick up, a wounding message that they pick up as when they're children. As kids, they learn to worry from an early age, and this is again another reason why they fear secure having no security, fear having no guidance, because as kids, they 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 learn to worry at a very early age and kids sixes figure out that the world just isn't safe and that adults cannot be trusted so all this leads to a type six adult to either obey or rebel either they're going to Either a type six person is either going to obey, you know, guidance set before them, aka or rules, regulations, laws, or a type six person is going to rebel and you know not obey any rules, regulations, or laws. Because it really just depends on the person. Because 
justifiably in a type six mind, it could be, all right, adults can't be trusted, but rules, regulations can, so I'm going to follow them. I'm going to obey because I, I just need guidance. Or it could be vice versa, you know, in a type six mindset, all right, adults can't be trusted. The world isn't safe. Um, the best guidance is no guidance, so I'm not going to follow rules, regulations, laws. Just, just a little bit of justifiable thoughts within a type six's mind here. So, again, as kids, they don't really have a exact message that they pick up that's wounding um, per se, but rather that they understand, they begin to figure out that the world isn't safe. Adults can't be trusted. And so when a type six person starts to disintegrate, when they ex start to experience moments of stress, they, they become like an unhealthy type three. They become very competitive and very arrogant. But on the flip side of that, um, during security, when they're growing, type six has become relaxed and optimistic, like a healthy nine. And I, it, really, anybody who's optimistic is, honestly, in my opinion, no matter what your type is, if you're optimistic, in my book, you have a hand up, you, ha you have a fair card, you have a equal deck, uh, you have an advantage, really, over everybody else in the world. If you are optimistic, that really puts you at an advantage in this world, especially in the 21st century when everything is really just so downcasted and everything is just, you know, this or that, you know, one wrong move can end your life because um, of maybe it's council culture or maybe it's something else, but in the 21st century world that we live in, the society that we live in, no matter if you're type six or any other of the non-types on the Enneagram, if you're optimistic, in my opinion, you have a hand up in the world. So, uh, yeah. Let's talk about fear now. So not only is fear the emotional response that influences the types of the head triad when they start to disconnect from their true selves when they be or aka when they become unhealthy but it, it is also a type six's deadly sin so in reality is it, I, I don't know if this is ironic if it's funny or, or what it is but when you think of in reality type sixes really get a double dose of fear. I don't know if that's, you know, something to laugh about or, you know, if, you know, we should feel some empathy for type sixes, but it's the truth. They get a double dose of fear. So let's take these, this double dose of fear and split it into two spheres of thinking here. And so we'll start by, let's start by um, talking about fear in a sphere of the emotional response, you know, as if, you know, as fear being that emotional response for all the three types of the head center, let's, let's take a look exactly at type six real quick. So when sixes start to disconnect from their true selves and they begin to 
and, and fear begins to influence their decisions, they cope with this fear by looking for external sources of security. Again, a, a six really doesn't know how to guide themselves. They don't really know how to, you know, be, be secure in their own thoughts and guidance. So that when fear takes over, they desire support, they desire guidance. So this fear is overcoming. So they look for external sources of security rather than looking within their own selves for that source of security. So this external source, though, it, it can be a, a range of things or people, uh, really. It can be a family member. It, it can be a friend, a colleague, uh, someone who they hold in high regard. Um, or, or, or it can be an activity. Maybe a sixes way of external security is going for a hike. Maybe it's, you know, because I like doing this oftentimes for me when I get in a dark depressive mood or I, I just need some fresh air. I, maybe like me, a sixes source of security is going for a night drive, you know, with the windows down, just listen to music. Or, or maybe it's just relaxing in solitude in the room, door closed, nothing, no, no electronics, nothing, just them in solitude and silence. No matter what it is though, that's what a six does. When fear begins to overtake them, and becomes the response to their decisions as they dis disconnect from their true selves or as they be become unhealthy, a six will look for an external source of security. But not only that, sixes also cope with, with this fear by confronting it. I mean, honestly, that's a good way in itself. You know, we all know people say it's better to confront your fears than run from your fears. Uh, and that's true. It's so true, honestly. Uh, just to, uh, let me tell you a quick story here. Um, I'll try to shorten this in the best way possible. So I, there's this, girl, this girl I crush on um, here recently, and I wanted to ask her out, but it's kind of fearful, more anxious, um, because, you know, of knowing my personality and knowing my track record with, you know, actually trying to put forth foot in a serious relationship with a woman, uh, I was kind of fearful of, you know, the outcome, it's kind of anxious, really. Um, so I, I drew up an entire plan of how I expected the night to go when I, the, or yeah, the night uh, when I, I was going to ask her um, out to go. Uh, that night came though, and I decided, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I kind of got caught in this moment where, you know, I was shoulder to shoulder with her. And so, and uh, I did in this moment of spontaneity, my wing seven really came out because, <laughs> you know, Sevens are spontaneous, um, and learn more about that in the next episode. Uh, so, but my wing seven really came out. I was like, you know what? Let's be spontaneous. And so I just 
went for it. I threw out my entire plan. I just, you know, let my mouth open, which is for me a horrible idea because you never know what's going to come out of Braylon Williams' mouth. It could be good. It could be bad. <laughs> and just have to kind of brace yourself for whatever I might say. Um, I have become way better at filtering things, though. But most of the time, I don't filter, period. Um, it's all or nothing. But I, I threw out my plan and I let it go. I confronted my fear. I confronted the anxiety, the anxiousness I was feeling. And um, in the moment, <laughs> uh, it went better than I expected it to. But in the long run, um, yeah. <laughs> the result has yet to be seen. <laughs> Let's just say that um, at the least. But we, again, we all, you know, we all know it is better to confront your fear than run from fear. And the Sixers really have, Sixers really have figured that out. They said, all right, I'm going to cope with fear by confronting it and just defying this fear um, until it no longer exists, until I am free from this fear. That's how I'm going to cope with this fear so let's switch from talking about fear in the sphere in the realm of the emotional response and let's move on to talking about fear in the realm of the sixes daily sin again they really get this double dose of fear and i kind of feel bad for them but we label we label the daily sin sphere um but it honestly is it's more anxiety than it is fear uh, so while i say they get this double dose of fear they're not really getting a double dose of fear they get a dose of fear and a dose of anxiety um so if you're wondering why why is it that there's a really difference in between this is because so Fear is a response to an immediate, clear, you know, visible, for lack of a better term, danger. You know, you're in the middle of the woods by yourself on Friday 13th and you see a six-foot figure with a white mask carrying a machete. Um, that's fear, okay? <laughs> or if you're not like me and you're scared of clowns, which I am not, um, but I immediately, I do have to admit that a few years ago when we had like the killer clowns in the United States and everything, uh, I seen some pictures and honestly, that's probably the first time in my entire life I was kind of scared of a clown because some of those pictures were scary. Um, but I don't know if it, those pictures probably were still not as scary as um, the black and white Teletubbies. Now, um, if you're listening to this episode and you're wondering <laughs> what does a black and white Teletubby look like, um, I don't encourage you to go Google it. But if you Google it, make sure you have all the lights on. Um, it's midday because even then you still might be scared. Um, I don't scare easily, but um, seeing images of Teletubbies. Now, t the Teletubbies were my, one of my favorite shows as a kid, as a young um, toddler. So, yeah, to see that in black and white is pretty freaking scary. So, again, I don't encourage you to Google it, but if you, but if you do, um, take my advice to 
Google it with the lights on in broad daylight, surrounded by a ton of people. Because if you don't, and if you're like me, and you decided to Google the Teletubbies in black and white, when you're by yourself at night, the rest of the, the rest of your family is asleep, um, and you're in the dark of the room watching TV, you will be scared as crap because that's how I was. But yeah, anyway, the, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. But <laughs> it's good to laugh at yourself sometimes. Um, I say all this to say that I'm somehow I'm going back to the idea of not being scared of clowns, but the killer clowns that we had like a epidemic of um, back in like 2015-2016 are still not as scary as black and white Teletubbies. Um, so, but like I said, if if you're the opposite, I don't went from here, I don't went from point A to point B to point C to point D and somehow I made a whole heap back to point A, but we're going to get through this episode, folks. Just hang on with me. Um, I tell a lot of people, I probably have undiagnosed ADHD or something because it is easy for me to go on tangents out of nowhere. But let's get back to point A. Um, if you're the opposite of like I, of me and you are scatter clowns, which I'm not, if you, if you are, you know, walking to your car from you know, let's say Walmart, you know, is, you know, when, when Walmart was open at midnight, um, the good old times, if you're walking into your car at midnight, you know, typically not that many people at Walmart around midnight. So if you're at Walmart at midnight, you're typically about one or five people there besides the workers who are in the building. Um, so you're walking to your car and most Walmart parking lots aren't that lit, um, aren't that well lit. And so if you're walking to your car and you park at the very end of the parking lot, um, that's quite a distance of a walk. But you see a red balloon and you trace that balloon and you see uh, Pennywise holding that balloon. That would be fear because that is a clear, immediate, visible danger and fear is a response to that again for me if i saw pennywise in the parking lot i'll probably go shake his hand becomes friends because pennywise is one of my favorite clowns so uh besides the clown from american horror story um freak show again forget me and all my tangents uh <laughs> we're gonna get this left get to this episode uh just to think <laughs> This week is a double feature episode, so not only do you have this episode, there's another episode released after this today as well. So um, there's a lot of tangents I'm probably going. So, but I say all that to say that fear is a response to a clear, visible, immediate danger, whereas anxiety is a response to a vague, unknown threat that may or may never materialize. It's not visible. It's more on the abstract side of the spectrum. You know, the idea of um, dying in a plane crash. 
with the safety that we have nowadays, that's less of immediate danger and more of a uh, anxiety of someone who might be flying or the idea that, you know, a random brick from a building might fall on you as you walk down the street. That's uh, anxiety, an anxious response. Um, and that's that's what I mean when I say sixes have the deadly sin of fear. It's more anxiety, more anxiety than it is fear, because they really live in this world of what can go wrong and how can I prepare for it not to go wrong. Um, six is always in their mind working out plans on how to avoid things that go wrong how to you know here's a plan for this in case this goes wrong here's this plan for this in case this go wrong if this falls apart we're going to have this plan uh if we get into this wreck we're going to here here's how we're going to handle this sixes are notorious for having a plan for when things go wrong and that's why they really that's why they have this deadly sin of fear again but it's not really fear it is more anxiety because they live in this world of planning for everything that could go wrong Do you like buying merch and supporting your favorite brands? Well, now you can support any Grammar Start podcast by showing off our merch. We have socks, blankets, shirts, tote bags, mugs, and more stuff to come in the coming months. Just head over to merch.braylonwilliams.me to shop the collection of any Grammar Start podcast merch. Last thing I want to talk about before I end this episode is the levels of health for type six. Now, I realize I've went on a lot of tangents already, <laughs> talked a lot more than I attended to this episode already. So I'm really going to try to breeze through talking about the levels of health. Uh, so let's pray right now together that <laughs> I don't go on any tangents. Um, but we know it's probably not going to happen because I just went on like three of them already. But anyway, back to the levels of health of type six. So at level one, at their best level of health, sixes become self-affirming. They are are trusting of themselves and others. They become, they are independent, yet symbiotically interdependent. So uh, while they are independent, they still rely on the help of other people. It's just not as much much. so. uh, An average or an unhealthy six will be... um, interdependent, maybe 80, 99%, uh, whereas a healthy six will be independent, 95, 99%, um, and then interdependent, that 1% that are the lacking of percentage that they have. Um, healthy sixes are also caring, they're generous and, um, they're team players who, who have this kind of innate um, ability to move their colleagues, to move their friends forward in a positive direction. That's just who a healthy six is. And an average six uh, begins to invest their time and energy to whatever they believe will be safe and stable. 
um, whether that's, you know, instituting an hour of solitude and silence within their daily lives, or whether that's, you know, um, going for a drive or listening to a podcast, average sixes hone in on that. They, they say, all right, I need something that's safe and stable to keep me grounded. Average sixes are organized, they're structured, um, and they look to external sources for security and continuity. They are constantly preparing themselves mentally with the worst case scenario um, before they even carry out a task. And it could be the simplest of tasks as, you know, throwing away a piece of trash. Uh, That's a little extreme, maybe not that simple, but just to get the idea, you know, it's possible for a type six person to say, all right, here's all the worst case scenarios as I get up from my chair and walk to the trash can to throw away this trash. Like I said, that's a little extreme, might not be like that, but just to kind of see um, where I'm going when I say that they mentally plan out everything, the worst case scenario that could happen uh, before they carry out a task. And a six at the worst level of health, though, um, fear that they have ruined all of their security and that they cannot get it back. Um, an unhealthy six becomes very panicky. Um, they're volatile and dispar- disparaging with acute inferiority feelings. Uh, unhealthy sixes are prone to developing anxiety through, due to their hypervigilance to any impending, whether it's real or whether it's imagined sources of harm. Unhealthy sixes, un- unhealthy sixes suspect that other people are always trying to fool them um, when, in re- when in reality, it's the sixes who have become the masters of their own deception. Well, folks, that's all I have for this episode of Any Grammar Store podcast. Um, again, thank you for listening. Um, a little bit of exciting news here. This week is actually a double feature week, so you can not only can you listen to this episode about Type Sixes today. But you can also go ahead and listen to the Type 7 episode. So I really do encourage you to go ahead and as soon as this, as soon as I'm done talking finally, um, <laughs> to go ahead and click over to episode 14 so you can listen to uh, the episode about Type 7s. Um, and so I encourage you to listen to that next. And next week is going to be the very last episode of season one. I know it's hard to believe that season one, 15 episodes have come and gone already. Um, just started back on March 25th. Um, but yeah, season one is finished after next week. It's going to be great. So next week's episode is going to be a recap episode. This recap episode is going to be great. It's going to be funny, hopefully. But, you know, 
Y'all probably don't laugh as hard as my voice, but if you saw my face, you would laugh a lot. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm a very beautiful person, not maybe the way he wanted me to be. But anyway, I'm going to stop going on tangents here. <laughs> I mean, close this episode as soon as possible. Um, but also in, in in this recap episode, in next week's recap episode, I'm going to um, talk about the successes and failures of season one. So, and it's going to and I'm going to give you more detail about the entire recap episode in this next episode about Type 7. So, again, I encourage you to, as soon as this episode's in, click on and go ahead and listen to the next episode about Type 7. Because that's available today as well. So, but Season 2 is going to be even better. It's going to be a blast. Uh, and I promise you that you're going to want to listen to every episode of Season 2 when it releases. So, with that being said... I want you to remember this, that the Enneagram doesn't define you, but it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits. 